video for learning, it's a hot topic. It's been a hot topic and it's going to continue getting hotter. And so we're going to talk about it today on the Learning Geeks podcast starting now. Hello and welcome back to the Learning Geeks podcast. This hey is, there. This is Bob. That was Jake. Hey. Here comes Dana. There's Hello. Dana. Hey. Bob, I was we thinking a, it's kind of it, kind of interesting that we're going to be talking about audio uh, about video on an audio podcast. Little hey, it is a little ironic, isn't it? Don't you think? Is it <laughs> ironic though? I you know. Okay, Alanis. <laughs> <laughs> we just got tickets. We're going to go see Alanis uh, at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, oh, really? This spring. So that should be cool. That should be cool. Uh, but before we continue on this conversation, we should welcome our guest, who is Matt Pierce from TechSmith. Welcome, hey, Matt. Hey, everybody. Hey, thanks, guys. So happy to be with you today. Yeah, and and I had to admit, I had to think for a second so as not to call you Matt Smith from Tech Pierce. <laughs> yeah, that's because we all we all do that now. Yep. I mean, when I hear Matt Smith, I think of the actor who was Doctor Who, who allegedly was playing the role of Ray's father in the Rise of Skywalker until they're like, "That's going to be just a small part," <laughs> and then he's like, "I'm out." That's kind of the rumor that I've heard. Uh, but Jake, when you hear Matt Smith, you think of your boss, right? Yeah, I think of my, or my CLO. So your chief yes. learning officer. <laughs> yeah. This is Matt Pierce, who comes from TechSmith, <laughs> which is an awesome company that has all sorts of great products. Uh, probably the one that most learning people know about is Camtasia, right? Uh, either Camtasia or Snagit. I think both are probably in the running. That's fair. So welcome, Matt. Um, before we dive in any further, you know, we we do like to. Spend a couple minutes talking about Star Wars. I don't know if you know that or not, but where, where are you at, like in your Star Wars fandom? So uh, I was a small child when I saw the very first Star Wars in the theaters. And when I say small, I was weeks old. And wow. uh, but but my parents took me to see the very first release of Star Wars. I have forced my wife to watch Star Wars and she hates no me for intended. it. No pun intended. And uh, I, my kids have all grown up watching it. And so, you know, we've gone to all the movies. We enjoy it. We don't always love what they've become, but, you know, uh, we enjoy my, me and my kids actually have a really good uh, rapport where we say lines from the prequels just to get under each other's skin. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's great. Well, you're welcome. You know, it, it doesn't matter how much of a Star Wars fan you are if you're a Learning Geeks guest. Uh, it just lets us know how deep we can get and whether we should invite you to an after show. So right. <laughs> so that's that's what right. we love doing. We love doing after shows whenever we can. Exactly. But you know, let's actually talk about the topic at hand now, and uh, that is video and video for learning. So Matt, maybe you could tell us tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get involved with this, and uh, what do you do at uh, at TechSmith, and and so on, so on. Yeah. So, I mean, really my kind of journey with video began with TechSmith. I've actually been at the company for 14 years. So started in 2006 and it was part of my interview process. I had to make a screencast, which is a, you know, screen recording video of making a tutorial about the product. And I kind of talked around video a little bit in terms of like I, I did a master's degree. Uh, I'd taken a, a education class about film, but it never really had to deal with video itself. And so I made this first video as part of my application and 
lo and behold, I got the job and kind of went from there. And I've spent the last 14 years learning a lot about video, you know, in the practice of doing instructional design, creating learning outcomes, um, and have found it to be fascinating. And I uh, had a chance to branch out into marketing for a while where I was actually leading our video team and doing video for social media. So I've had a just a long kind of lot of exposure. It's given me a lot of insights to, I think, what makes for good video, what makes for bad video, and kind of all the processes along with that. And really the last thing I'll say along my kind of journey here is in the last year and a half, we launched TechSmith Academy, which is a platform where I had to take that knowledge and start turning it into ways to help people to learn about video. So it's been an interesting process and very meta to be like, hey, I know a thing or two about making video. Now I've got to te do the teaching process and figure out all the things that I forgot that are hard for people to do. And TechSmith Academy is one of those sites that I actually, I send, I send off to people a lot. Um, and you guys have put together so many resources. And correct me wrong, but it's free, right? Like it's free yeah. to use. Yeah, sign up. You do, yeah. Sign in. Uh, you get all access to all the content. There's downloadables, there's reprintables, there's videos that you can watch. And it's something that the, the company is really committed to that we're gonna we're gonna try to grow it. I mean, we want people to have access to this kind of content because we feel outside of the product stuff, it's really important for modern business professionals to know how to do these things. It's a, it's almost like a currency that if you can communicate with video, you're going to be a step ahead at this point. I was just going to say, Matt, as you were pulling those together, is there any particular common mistake that you see people making when they're creating videos that uh, you try to teach against? So common mistake. I, so there's probably a lot of mistakes. It depends on where you are in your journey. I think the biggest one is most people are, are afraid to start. They're mm -hmm. so afraid that they're going to make mistakes. And I'm a really strong believer that the best thing you can do if you're going to be making video is just start doing it. Don't worry about trying to learn everything because there's so much. You know, there's a reason that Hollywood, when we think about like Star Wars or whatever movies you like to watch, that they have dedicated roles to like hundreds and maybe even a thousand people because there's so much complexity. And I think from a business perspective, you don't need to do that. You just need to get going and then pick one thing that you're going to start uh, to get better at. But if I have to narrow it down to mistakes, the, the biggest mistake I see a lot of people make is the problem where they get in the most trouble is just audio. Audio is tough for people. It, you know, it's, it's complicated all of a sudden when you're adding a visual element to the audio where you have to match up, making sure it looks good, it sounds good, you're, you've got maybe different microphones that you need to use. Unlike a podcast, I can just sit in front of the microphone and do whatever I want. Um, put me in front of the camera and you'll also try to capture that audio becomes a little bit tougher. So I think it's where most people get caught up in making something that's not going to work for them is it just doesn't sound good. Because frankly, uh, YouTube has taught us that you can have kind of not so great visuals. If your audio is good, people will still watch it. I agree. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I, 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 I like to recommend audio first, at least good audio. If, again, people like to, like in my case, this is why I go back to TechSmith Academy. Why I've appreciated so much is because I spent a lot of time sharing what, what it takes to create a video, the process before. But in terms of people usually rush off the gear, right? And they want to get gear, which again, gear is fun. It's super fun to get, but um, I love to push audio first, right? Get something that good. It's audio because I think you already have a decent camera already on your phone, 
right? So if you can invest mm-hmm. some type of audio. So one thing that, I, you know, Matt and I have been on the ATD um, Technology Conference Committee um, for the last three years. And when we were just at the conference a couple of weeks ago, Matt was walking around with this big, you know, a tripod on his a tripod on his phone, you know, share, sharing the the conference itself. But on there, you had a little a little microphone attached to your uh, attached to your phone, which just again adds a, a a it's a better quality and it's super easy. I mean, it's it's even cheap too. It's like not even that expensive to get something like that. But just adding audio just dramatically improves your video. It's interesting that you say that because I notice we talk about it with podcasting too, right? Like the barrier to entry is really low just to get started. You've got the equipment that you need to start it. And it's very cheap to use an online tool to get started. And you can then, once you've kind of got, you know, once you've got the vibe of it, once you've, uh, it's kind of in your bloodstream, you can spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a lot of really fancy equipment, or you can spend a couple hundred dollars maybe and get equipment that gets you from, let's just say like a 70% to a 90%. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I I think about video, like I do a lot of video production now where I've had all sorts of cameras to make high quality videos and all that kind of stuff in my history. Now I just use my iPhone for everything, but I do have like a gimbal, like a self-leveling gimbal, which it just makes things look so much better. And hey, I spend a hundred bucks on it, right? right. Um, little, little things like that. And I think that's a good strategy to take is is get started, try it out and see if it's, if it's hooking with you and then see how much more quality do you need and how much is that going to cost? So one thing that's come to my mind is the idea that, you know, we're talking, I think, in part about technical quality, right? The, the technology to make sure you've got quality audio. But then there's also the content element. And Matt, I don't know if you have any any insights on how do you go about making sure that the content of your audio is up to the technology quality if you have good good quality Here's stuff. Here's Dana always coming back to content being king. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Us nerds are like, hey, we want this to be cool. Let's put it in virtual reality. Give me technology. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got to have good content. Okay. But no, you're absolutely you know, right. So, I, I love gear too, right? And it, but you're, I think, to the points that were said earlier, it's super easy to get caught up in that, and that's because it's fun, it's interesting, it's exciting to get a new piece of equipment. But at the end of the day, you're still got to be thinking about what's core to your audience and to what they're going to be seeing and hearing from you. Um, you know, so one of the things that TechSmith has done that I have uh, been able to watch over the last probably almost eight years, I guess we've done several studies kind of repeating themselves 2013, 2016, and again at the end of 2018 about why people stop watching video. And the number one reason people stop watching video is because they're not finding what they needed. Now, you know, this is looking probably at a broader context. If you're in a course and it's like, you have to take this course, you know, that's, that's a different story, I think. But I think it's really interesting to me that if that's the number one reason is why is that? And I think, you know, uh, it comes down to like, are we getting to that message of what they need? Are we helping them? Are we actually getting them to progress on whatever it is we might be talking about, whether it's a compliance issue, 
or we're just trying to skill them up in something else, or we're just trying to, to inform them, frankly, about something that's inside the organization, or if it's a customer-driven thing that you're trying to get them to understand what to do with it. Um, the other thing that I think comes with that is context, right? Like you have you can have a really good video, but if your context surrounding that video points your users or viewers in a different direction, who cares? Like the video could be the greatest in the world, but no one's going to watch it if they don't think it's going to solve a problem, help them. This is, and I think this ties directly to why, like why sites like YouTube, like YouTube is the second largest search engine. And I think, I mean, I don't have any proof of this, but my guess is it is the first largest how-to engine, right? Like it's how you got to fix something in your house, go to YouTube, anything, right? You can find almost anything there that you need but only if it's describing and catching your attention enough to say, yeah, I'm willing to invest, you know, 30 seconds to find out if this is going to get me there. And that comes then kind of circling back again to the content, like, okay, so what's in that first 30 seconds? Is it me telling my lifelong story or is it me providing you getting like starting to see that you're going to move along? And through that, I can weave great story. I can tell things, you know, to help engage you and capture you. Those things are important, but like, they got to see where it's going, right? I, I got to see that I'm going to get the outcome out of this that I, I desire, or else I'm going to, I'm going to move on to something else because why wouldn't I? I've got, I've got so much else to choose from. You and I have talked about this a lot, which is about the importance of pre-production. I think when you get into video, I think pre-production, and if that's a new term for, for some folks, it's basically anything that happens before you start creating the video itself. So what's your purpose? who are the characters, right? If you're getting into that level, but at the end of the day, it's like, what's your purpose? And I'd love to hear, you know, what's the story you're trying to tell? Right? Yeah. What's the story yeah. that you're trying to tell? Right. So I'd love to hear that. Like when you, when you talk about with individuals that are trying to get in the to video for learning, especially what do you, what do you say to them about getting started in the importance of that, of the pre-production phase? Yeah. So, uh, and this was this is something I've thought about recently. And I think I've finally be able to kind of coalesce this thinking around it, but your pre-production by far should be the biggest part of any video production, right? You should be spending all the your, most of your time up front, making all those decisions, thinking through, like you guys said, story, like, what is it about? Who's it going to, what, what's the message? What's the outcome? What do we want to have? You know, this is not hard stuff. If you're already doing learning and development, this isn't hard stuff, right? Like this is stuff that we talk about with anything else that we're going to make. What it's adding is similar, you know, it's got similar mediums, but you got to start thinking through is what do I show here? What's, as that's being seen, what's being said? And do those things really match up closely? Like in a way that's not going to overwhelm the user or, or confuse them or throw them off. Is it giving us the right kind of sense of flow? But you're spending all that time up front because then when you get to shoot and record, and edit, you're, you've made the decisions, right? That's the power of a good script and storyboard is you've made all your decisions so you don't have to go back and be like, hmm, I wonder what if we did like three close-ups from this angle and and came in at like a Zoom or, or, or whatever it might be because you should have made those decisions. And that's not mm-hmm. to say there shouldn't be creativity on the fly because, you know, we all need that in our lives, a little bit more creativity, but like the bulk of the work has been done and planned and then you're just like boom 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 and it's the same thing when they make films right like films go out how it's you know might be years of pre-production 
they get into actual film mode and it's like six, nine weeks, you know, maybe 12 weeks. And then they're in editing for a while, maybe, maybe six months, maybe a year, depends on the movie and the special effects. But the bulk of it's on the ends and not, not it's not the recording. That's really should be the easy part. We used to say in one of my prior lives where we did a lot of creative work, you know, the spirit can move you two weeks before you're in production, just as much as in the moment, right? Like mm-hmm. it's th- those bursts of creativity don't have to come when, you know, your nose is to the grindstone and you're actually producing. You can have those in advance as you're planning and, and thinking about them. That's my favorite part, Bob. Like seriously, when I do videos, like I love the pre-production part and thinking through the story. What story am I trying to tell? And I start with just a Word doc or a piece of paper. And I really just start listing out like, what am I trying to, what's the message I'm trying to tell? And then how would I tell that? And then that's where the creativity comes in. Um, You start to think of, okay, this is where I can add humor or I can think of this cool visual way to tell this story. Um, Again, rather than maybe just a talking head, right? I can actually add this component, this component, that's what always makes me excited. And, you know, shooting the video, that's actually the hard, not the hard part. That's a harder part for me because, okay, now I have to do it and to do all this stuff. I, I love the pre-plan because it, it takes longer and technically really it is harder, but man, it's, it's, that's where the creative part comes in. And I know when I'm, when I'm blocking out a video for learning or writing a script or whatever, uh, I do come back to that story framework and I'm thinking, you know, who's the hero? What is it that the hero wants? And what are the challenges they have to overcome to get what they want? And usually that hero winds up being the viewer of the video, right? So, mm-hmm. so sitting back and realizing, I want to I wanna start this video by presenting very clearly to the person who's watching it what it is they're looking for. Uh, to your earlier point, Matt, about people drop off because they're not finding what they're looking for. I want to be able to hook them with this is what you need, this is what you want, and then let's talk about what you need to do or know in order to be able to get to that goal. So, I, Matt, I'm wondering, sometimes people look at video as the shiny object, and it's like, oh, I'm, I need video here, I need video there. What are some things that, uh, you know, s- some indications that you look at to discourage people from actually creating a video? That's a That's a great question, right? Like, so I think one of the things is, what are you going to show? Is, is there movement? Is it interesting? Like, I think we want to default to kind of the YouTube style where there's a person and they're like center screen and they're just going to talk and it's going to be really cool and fun. But that's not really, I mean, it's an okay use of video. I don't want to say it's bad. And there's times for that because you want to make a personal connection or you want them to, you want to position someone as an expert in something, but that shouldn't be the default. Like we're going to make a video because we can put them on screen. But I think, you know, like, is there a story that you can show? Are you going to enhance that message with the visuals? Are you going to use those in a way that's going to capture attention or provide details or better understanding and clarity? Because if it doesn't have those things, maybe you could just use audio. Maybe you could just use screenshots with like text. I mean, there's so many options of things that you could do. But I, those are some of the key things for me to think about, like, why am I why am I involving this medium of movement? And if it doesn't have a good reason, I need to rethink it. Um, and there's I mean, there's times and places you could argue against that. I think if you're looking towards 
going on social media. There's lots of reasons why maybe I just want to sit in front of the camera and share my message. But that becomes a very different story, right? Like that I'm not just trying to convey the story. I'm trying to get you to connect with me as a person. I need you to see that I'm a human. I need you to see the light in my eyes. And if you can do that, maybe there's a chance I can grab you for the 30 seconds or minute that you're going to watch this and, uh, you know, keep you connected and engaged and, you know, then maybe be able to tell you what I need you to know or get you to do what I want you to do. But those are kind of the top priority things for me to think about is, hey, why why do we need video for here? And and I'll tell you, working at a company that is steeped in video because we make a tool that makes video, it's uh, sometimes it's really easy to get sucked in like, oh, yeah, no, we need a video. And it's like, no, actually, we probably just need a good we job aid for yeah. that or <laughs> right, right, right. Going back to YouTube, actually, when I think of some of the best creators, because, again, YouTube is, like you said, full of individuals that can just upload anything. Right. But when I think of some of the top creators on there, they may be talking head or at least bring out their personality. But the majority of their video has some type of motion um, where, let's say, you're reviewing a product so much of it is wrapped around seeing the product from different lenses and different angles. And that motion, that video is never still. It's always in motion to keep you on. And I think they do really well with capturing a story, starting from a story from the beginning to the end, even if it's something simple as a product review, right? And that's what they do well. And then when the folks that not that they don't do so well, right, that are trying to become a creator, it's usually just a talking head, right? With a couple of stills and, and so forth. And it gets old pretty quickly. You lose out in the personality. And I think that's what those really good ones do. Yeah. I mean, go watch. I, I, this is an experiment I ask people in like sessions that I talk at uh, to do is like, go watch your favorite show. I don't care what it is, if it's on Netflix or you just watch in commercial television. And if it's something that's been produced well, how often does the screen change and just count like, and like, look for that movement. Right. And it could be like, you know, uh, a zoom, it could be a change of angle. It could be whatever it is. And then this is what it's going to be like for them. It's going to be like one, 1,000, one, one, 1,000, two, one, 1,000, one, 1,000, two. You're just going to go through this really rapid process and occasionally it'll get a little bit longer, but for the most part, uh, entertainment has figured this out and, I don't think we need to be like entertainment, but they figured out that things need to be keep changing to keep your attention. Our eyes are naturally drawn to movement and change. And so that's one of the things you want to be thinking about. Now, I think we've got a little bit more leeway. I don't think you need one second cuts necessarily, but you want to use those things well because a lot of learning is about gaining attention. If we can keep their attention and they're listening and they're focused in, much more likely to go be able to learn from whatever you're sharing with them. Matt, you were kind of circling on a point there, which is one of the best ways to learn how to create great videos is just to watch great videos and soak it in, right? And, and process what you're what you're seeing. Where do you go? You know, who, who are some exemplars of really good learning uh, content video production people that you know we might be able to go out and look at and, and learn a thing or two from? Well, my first answer is don't go to Hollywood to, to start because you'll feel just overwhelmed, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it's it's impossible high standard for, for anyone that's just beginning. I recommend that you go to YouTube and you find some people who are talking about things that you're interested in and then go back in their history of uh, videos that they've created and see where they've come from. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 
so there's a couple of people I think of. Um, so there's one gentleman, his name is Sean Cannell, uh, C-A-N-N-E-L-L. I uh, actually have a, on the TechSmith Academy, we, we did an interview with him and several others, but uh, he's been doing this for a really long time and you can see the progression of what he's done. And it's really interesting to, you know, see that growth. And he talks about that growth a lot. So that's, that's something I think about is just look, go look at the people that you're interested in. Don't, here's the thing. If you try to go just watch somebody to watch and be like, Oh, I'm going to go learn how to make great video. There's great people out there you can go to, but I think you're, you're going to learn more from seeing how people have progressed. Like what did they do with their lighting? What did they do with their sound? What did they do to change up their intros and engage you? And, you know, like, are they using story? Are they using questions? You know, do they use a cliffhanger to draw you in? What What are the kind of styles that they're using? And just pay attention to that rather than kind of, and I do this often, I'm, I'm maybe not the best student at times. Other, you know, I just might go through it mindlessly like, oh, look, I'm going to watch a video and I'm not thinking about it, but take the time to really just think about what they're doing. So Sean Cannell's a good person. There's another guy, uh, Roberto Blake, that does a really great job teaching some of this stuff. Um, uh, uh, gosh, names are hard times sometimes. Tim Schmoyer is someone, he's been doing it for a long time. Tim's a uh, fantastic teacher as well as just uh, been very successful at YouTube. Um, Someone that doesn't teach video that I think is really interesting to watch because of her style is Amy Landino. She is much more a lifestyle. She's kind of moved into this lifestyle marketing. But the thing that she does really, really well is not necessarily the production, although it's it's a really – she's got a nice set, got good cameras, stuff like that. She knows her audience so well that she's narrowed it down that she's talking to one person, this kind of persona of a person – it knows her name is Charlotte. She is probably, I don't remember all the details, but she's like 27 years old. She's interested in three things and that's what Amy delivers on. And she nails it every hmm. time, every video. And she's doing like one or two videos a week. And people like 400,000 subscribers on YouTube. She's nailing it. She's built other businesses as well. I mean, so someone like her, don't go watch for the video production necessarily, but go watch. How is she talking to her audience consistently? And here's the thing. I am not in that dem core demographic. So it's sometimes a little <laughs> hard for me to watch because I'm like, I'm not really interested in this lifestyle thing. But if you can just get past that and just take it for what it is, it's it's really she does a great job. So that's the kind of things to look for, right? Like, don't worry about the big end, high end productions. People that spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to produce their stuff anymore. It's we're not there. We're not probably going to get there. But there's a lot of people that do really great things with a really little amount. I, I just beg all of our listeners: if you're going to go to YouTube to learn how to make good videos, please don't start your videos with "What's up, guys." <laughs> <laughs> like don't do that make sure you don't end your video games <laughs> yeah hit like and subscribe smash that like and subscribe don't do that okay right. unless that's your audience right like that's the thing <laughs> okay that's fair that's i mean fair. so that's the thing that to really take in like i think that's like why the pre-production is so so important if you know that you're you're totally your audience, like if you're talking to kind of this gamer bro style dude, like, yeah, smash that like button, fine. But if you're talking to business professionals, yeah, not really going to play right in that audience. But what <laughs> is, and I think that's one thing that corporations struggle with is that personality. 
what is mm-hmm. the personality that our videos are going to pull across? Like you guys obviously have a vibe here, right? Like, you know, you're going to talk about Star Wars. You're going to ask your guests, do they like Star Wars? That makes sense. So that's, but it's also very a personal kind of thing. It doesn't, you know, no corporation will tell you that that's like great business practice. Like, what? Well, <laughs> why are we talking about Star Wars? But find the personality, connect with it. And, and, you know, if you're narrowed in on your audience, talk to them the way they want to be talked to but it's got to be authentic. Don't like try to be the thing that you're not if you're not that thing. A lot of this conversation has really been kind of on the periphery of of this question, and that is, what is it that makes a video go viral? Or are there things that we can do to you know make them almost self-promoting so you, people say, hey, you got to check this out? Um, I, I think the audience is one, a good story, good deliverer of the content. Uh, I don't know. Are there other things, Matt, that uh, you've seen that are successful in helping videos uh, in the corporate environment go viral? So I'm going to, I'm going to take a hard line in the sand here. I don't like the idea of trying to make viral video, right? Like just in the nature of trying to make something, I think it's almost, for me, it almost feels like it goes against what we're trying to do of being helpful because we're like, oh, I want this to spread. But I understand the point, right? Like we want people to yeah, want yeah. to watch. Um, and I think what's important is is make stuff that is really helpful and then do stuff to make it interesting. Like don't just be like, oh, in this video, we're going to talk about 12 things to make you more successful in Excel. <laughs> like that's not fun. Like, right. like okay, like – First of all, don't have 12 things in your video. Focus on one thing and do that one thing really, really well. And right. the, the next thing is like to, to what Jake was saying about personality. What's the personality of your company? What's the personality of your video? Uh, so I just think finding ways to make it interesting, get people excited about it are really good. The viral word, sure, if you want it to spread, give it, give it, you got to give it reasons to spread. Um, people to go look for that have done this consistently uh, in the kind of the production world, there's uh, the Harmon brothers. Uh, they worked on two notable campaigns that went viral. Uh, one is the Squatty Potty, and the other is Poopery. Oh, that's right, <laughs> Poopery. <Yeah. laughs> and again, we're always looking for corporate sponsors. So you guys, if you want to come in with that, <laughs> we're not proud. Well, Matt, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on board with us on the podcast, learning a lot about video, some really good practical tips. Where can our listeners uh, find this TechSmith Academy we keep talking about and learn more? Okay, so I'm going to give you a bit.ly to make it uh, nice and easy. Uh, it's so HTTPS colon slash slash bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash capital T-S-C lowercase academy <laughs> dash LG. So I, I will also give you guys that link so Thank you guys God can post it. Thank God for audio only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for making that simple. Yeah, that was Yeah, or, yeah. or, or we'll go to just Google and TechSmith Academy, and I think it's the first that, one that, that works shows too. up. <laughs> but I don't know who <laughs> goes there. If, if you, you got, see, this is the thing when you're in marketing, under the marketing umbrella, you got to understand where people are going. So, uh, or you just go to, go to TechSmith Academy. Just search TechSmith Academy. It literally will pop up. You go there, you log in, you can get access. I think we've got probably 10, 12 different courses there, including interviews from many of the people I mentioned in this, uh, the podcast from the video creators. Uh, there, there's a, there's like 15, 14 of those interviews. So really 
kind of 30 minute long interviews talking about how to get better on camera, how to, you know, think about creating content. So some really good stuff there. Great. Well, Matt, thanks for being with us today. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, appreciate it, Matt. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thank you. All right. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us again for another Learning Geeks podcast. Until next time, this is Bob. And on behalf of Jake and Dana, have a great couple of weeks or so. We'll talk to you soon on the next podcast. Thanks. Take care, everybody. Thanks, guys.